The opinions expressed on the Custody Queen Show are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for personal professional legal advice. Hi, I'm Kristen Holstrom. And I'm Sam McBride, and we are the Custody Queens. We have a new show that we couldn't be more excited about. If you're going through a custody battle, fighting for your parental rights, or going through a horrible divorce, nothing is off limits on our new show. Thought it was love, had kids in between, you can count on us with the custody queens, yeah, you can count on us with the custody queens. Happy Saturday everyone, I'm Sam McBride, I'm here with Kristen Holstrom, we are the custody queens, today we have a very special guest, Senior Williams. She is new to our CQ family. We're so excited to have her. I'm gonna let Kristen say a few words about her and then we're gonna jump into it. So welcome everybody listening and watching. Uh, our Custody Queens family is growing. It has grown exponentially in the last year or so. So I'm super happy to have Miss Williams here with us today. She is not only a fabulous attorney, she's a pretty cool human being and she's bilingual. So we are gonna get to know her today and just kind of figure out why she chose family law and why she chose the Custody Queens. And it's really important for Kristen and I to have episodes like this and kind of reach out because we want you guys to really kind of understand who we are as people and who our team is. We're, we're unique and we are excited to get to, to know you on air. All right, so we are going to kind of go back to tradition and go to the book of CQ. We haven't done it in a hot minute. And I am going to find a question to ask Senia and kind of make her feel a little vulnerable and maybe on the spot. Um, it's so one of Kristen's just, favorite things check to do. It out. <laughs> I saw I did my research. <laughs> Ooh, do you still have feelings for an ex that have never gone away? Of course not. I'm married. <laughs> That's the right answer. Ding, ding, Next. ding. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that was kind of a fake one. So let me ask you another one. Did you make that up? No, it's oh. in my book. <laughs> All right. Um, what is your favorite way to start your day? Ideally would be or do it like realistically. Yeah, realistically. Like, I guess you could tell our listeners what you actually do and what you would prefer to do. All right. So what I actually do is snooze and then till I really have to get up and get ready for work and get my son to school. Um, what I would love to do is be able to wake up early, work out, bake breakfast, then get ready. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the hashtag mom life. Yes. Uh, so you're my husband. He has like six snoozes, literally that go for an hour. And I am the girl that has maybe used an alarm clock twice in my entire life. So. Do you know what I realized though? There's two types of people. There's snoozers and non-snoozers. You either are very irritated that everyone is like snoozing every 10 minutes or you're that person. Yeah. I'm that person. I'm like, that I, person. I like a good solid hour and a half to wake up with a snooze. See, like the way I look in at and that, out of dreaming. No, the way I look at that is it is inevitable that you have to get up at a specific time. So the fact that you have to have six alarms, it, it's just so annoying to me. I'm in the middle of both because I naturally wake up, but I don't want to wake up, which is why I have the snooze to remind me. Because the <laughs> moment that I choose not to, that I choose to ignore it is when I sleep past. I think I have undiagnosed narcolepsy. <laughs> I really do. But like for me, I'm like, okay, so I could sleep the whole night, get like, Let's, Kristen will get irritated if I say eight hours. So let's call it six. And then when I start to snooze, to me, I'm like, that's another, that's an eight minute nap. 
So I can like I can get five eight minute naps in before I and have coffee. Is, why is the apple like nine minutes or eight minutes? I don't Snoozes. know. I, I I'm don't, not. It's fabulous. I don't know. You, you snoozers are. <laughs> you guys are annoying. I literally don't even use an alarm clock. Wake up every day between five and six. Uh, I still don't have time to work out. Or actually, I, I choose not to. Even though I would prefer to do that too. Uh, but yeah, being the mom, I I have learned to buy uh, pancakes on Amazon that are from like a French bakery and they last like for, I don't know, like a month and you don't even have to cook them. So I literally buy these in bulk on Amazon and I put them right next to the refrigerator and literally my daughter, who's seven, knows how to take the pancakes out of the package and put it in for 20 seconds. Wow. And, you know, I have trained my four and seven year old to make their own breakfast. <laughs> That's all in a hot breakfast. Yeah. I'm gonna need that link later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't even know. what. It must have been one of those, you know, 2 a.m. finds. And I was like, how do I make my life easier? And that was an answer. So, Sinya, I'm going to have you ask Sam a question. Okay. Uh I like this one. What is something too hard for you to imagine? Well, I don't know where to even take. Like, what does that question even mean? It was the first one I saw. Okay, too hard to imagine. Um... I could get some brownie points with my boss by saying leaving ever. It would be too hard to imagine doing anything else for a living but being with Christian and doing custody queens. Oh, I love that. And I know it's genuine too. It actually really is. <laughs> All right, Kristen. Let's see if we can get you a little awkward. I love awkwardness. I know you I do. I live for those moments. She really does. Okay, I got this one. How do you resolve conflict? <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it, it depends on my mood. <laughs> um, the way that I prefer to resolve conflict is to, to remove myself from the situation as it is occurring. Um, when I respond with emotions, it goes nowhere it goes nowhere good and it usually makes it 10 times worse. And I am only successful in doing this 50% of the time. And if I actually listen to my own advice to my clients more, um, I would be better at resolving conflict. But I think that the best way for me, because I'm a very emotional, heated, direct person, is to just leave, let some time pass, and then communicate. I'm a big, big, big communicator. And um, I totally agree with that. I I couldn't agree with that more. I think, I don't know if my dad told it to me one time or if I just made it up, but like you shouldn't make a lot of promises when you're really happy because you'll probably regret it. And you you probably also shouldn't say things when you're upset. No, it's so true. A good real life example that probably a lot of people can relate on is my daughter is seven and she plays club soccer. And, uh, you know, she didn't have her best game. I wasn't super happy with her playing time, being a normal, uh, crazy parent. I know all my (laughs) listeners and fans out there can feel me sometimes. We all think that our kids can be better, do better. But uh, apparently there is a 48-hour rule that you are not allowed to talk to the coach um, for 48 hours. This is a club-wide rule after the game because it allows you time to process. Well, you know, I'm a little busy, so I happened to miss the parent meeting. And I was not fully aware of that 48-hour rule. And um, I was, you know, had some concerns. Really didn't have anything to do with the coach. It was more just kind of me and and questions. But I walked right up to him after the game. And, you know, I (laughs) I had a, a slew of 
you know, kind of direct questions. And then I was advised later that there's a 48 hour rule, um, which makes <laughs> sense. So I go, maybe I should imp- I should implement that in our whole family dynamic. <laughs> <laughs> it's helpful because I feel like you'll get distracted. You're going to spend so much time thinking about what you shouldn't have said and you mm-hmm. won't heal from the real issue. So I think it's a great rule. Yeah. And I, I don't know about you too, but sometimes I can go below the belt when I am really upset. We all can. You know, I, yeah. that's why I have to remove myself from a situation. Yeah. Take a nap it hurt. off. <laughs> Sleep it oh, off. you and There's your nappers. If I can't get two hours, it's not worth it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Senia, you asked Sam a question. Or did we already ask you a we question? We already did Oh, it. we already did that. All right, so let's dive into the rest of the show. Um, I guess I have one question, and I think I kind of know the answer from our uh, interview process. Senia was, as I had to really work to bring her onto the team, not because she didn't want to come, but she's a very loyal person, and she wanted to make sure it was the right decision, not only for her as an attorney, but for her and her family as well. So why did you choose family law? Um, to be honest, I got thrown into it. <laughs> um, I was lucky enough to have a job lined up after I graduated, so I didn't have to worry about that while taking for the bar. Um, and I worked for a sole practic- practitioner that um, did mostly family law. And then it just never left my life. Yeah, I, I think that's how a lot of people kind of end up in family law. And I yeah. feel like I, I enjoy it. It is draining, I will give you that, but you replenish yourself. And I think the good that we could do um, outweighs it, outweighs mm-hmm. the negatives of it. Yeah, we've talked a lot on our show about kind of what family law does to our mental health and, and, and the toll it takes. But yeah, I still agree that in order to, to be a good family law attorney, you have to have that passion and appreciation for what we do. Yeah, it's all about really caring for your clients because if you don't have that, I don't know how anyone could do it. And I think that's why people have said that family law has a bad rap because they don't have the same passion because all family law attorneys that are still practicing are not all. Um, most of you, I'm trying to help out all, all us family law attorneys out there. Most <laughs> of us are in it because we genuinely care about other people. And I think the foundation of that is like making sure our clients understand what we're doing for them because a lot of the bad experiences come from clients not understanding what the heck is going on. And that's our job to make sure they know what's going on, even if it takes us 10 times to explain to them what's going on because they're emotional. It comes back to emotion. Family law is emotion and controlling those emotions. And understanding how that can have an effect on your family law case. Exactly. That's very well put. And not allowing someone else to control your emotions. You could have the same conversation with a client two weeks after they filed for divorce or got served. And then you could have that conversation two months later, same person, and you're getting two totally different responses from that client. Mm-hmm. And it's our job as attorneys, like Senia said, to not only manage their expectations, but to keep advising them of what's going on, why it's happening, why we're doing what we're doing, and what to expect. And what they can do on their own to better their situation. Sometimes it's about what we're talking about, tone. Like how you communicate with someone, maybe that's the reason your relationship didn't work, but now you have to figure out how to communicate for your kids. Yeah, and a lot of times as a parent and a a co-parenter, you have to train yourself to do things that you've been doing wrong for, for 15 years. Yeah, and the unfortunate thing about 
going through a family law case is that, yeah, your emotions are going to change over time, but also, you know, correcting one behavior overnight isn't going to have a huge effect on your case. So it takes a while to see what changing one small thing can do for your case. And a lot of times it's a lot. And also knowing that you're doing something that has a good effect in the family law court is helpful to your mental health because you have more control over the situation. And so I, I think, again, that's very well put. It's the education behind what's going on in your case. If your clients know that they can actively make the right decisions, but their decisions nevertheless, to help ease or mitigate the strain of a very, very stressful process. And at the end of the day, it not only helps your case, but it helps your mental state. Because why do you have to be so angry all the time? And I get that maybe this other person made you angry, but you, like we're talking about, you have control over your own emotions and how you react to something. So, and it's hard from people that are married, even if they're just together for 15, 20 years and changing up everything they're doing, because at that point, maybe it was the right thing. It was the right fit for their family, but now they have to imagine a life outside of that and readjust and readjusting isn't easy. Yeah, and everyone listening, just know that that we're real humans too, so that we can sit up here and preach and say and do all these things, but we have to practice these things as well. We deal with a lot of difficult attorneys on the other side, where to be honest, I'd probably like to tell them to go stick it where the sun don't shine. But But we have a 48 hour rule. (laughs) uh, You know, I have implemented that at the office, but (laughs) that's not professional. It's not helpful. It's not conducive to settlement. And it costs my client money that, that may not be necessary. So I don't want everyone to think that we sit up here and we say, do all of these things and we can just do it overnight. It's a habit that you have to do over and over and over again. And we talk a lot on this show about change and transition and just kind of navigating those waters. But a lot of clients that come to us that have been with other attorneys before us, we have to undo a lot of those bad habits because that attorney was not doing their job and managing your case effectively. I think that's well put. You have to have an attorney that is as invested in your life as you are. And that may sound kind of extreme, but it's true. I mean, you need to have somebody that is along for the ride with you, so to speak. Yeah, we're on this journey together with our clients. Yeah, and But I do think an important thing is that we need to make sure that they know we're on the ride, but that we're still there to guide them and that we can't be, we can be empathetic, but we can't, we're not you at the same time. And we wouldn't be doing our job correctly if we reacted the same way you did. So sometimes clients get mad at us because we're not as angry about the other person doing something to them. Well, we can't be. What can we do to fix this legally is what we need to focus on. That's our role. Yeah. um, A lot of uh, something I say to clients all the time is they it's not our life, right? We can give them advice. We can advocate. We can talk about resolutions, options. But I always tell my clients they are the captain of their own ship. This is their life. So a decision that I may recommend may not be what they want to do. So it's my job as an attorney to say, here are the pros, here are the cons, here are the options. You need to pick what is best for you and your family because, you know, I'm not you. Right. So maybe your marriage didn't go as planned or maybe you didn't pick the best partner to have a child with. Or could it just be baby mama drama? Well, no matter what the situation is, we can help. We are the Custody Queens and you can call us at 1-800-419-7772. That's 1-800-419-7772. 
All right. So one of the things that I loved about Senia when I was when I was you know hiring her is. I think it was a couple days after she had started working on the Custody Queens team and was in her office. And we had an emergency hearing on a case that I've had for many, many years. And it is a very um, emotionally draining case. It's, it's, it's just high conflict. And I love our client dearly, but it's a case that nobody would want to just jump in on day one. And sure enough, I had a conflict. I, I, I think I was on another hearing and she just jumped in and took complete control and management of, of the client, the case. She got whatever needed to be filed within a couple hours. And I just love that. And that is something that our team offers that so many other firms do not is you're, you're getting a team and that's so important for everyone to realize. Yeah. And I know that I didn't talk to you directly about it, but when I was kind of hearing that that was going on and I wasn't around and you handled the hearing and everything went great, I said to Chris and I'm like, yep, she's going to work because <laughs> you, you never quite know. Um, and it's it's hard to find perfect fits. And I think that Kristen has done a really good job of doing that. And that's why we're a family. Yeah. And it's so much more than just being a good attorney. There's there's. I was going to say a lot, but there's really not a lot of really good family law attorneys. There's a handful of really good attorneys that are not only good attorneys, but a good fit for, for the firm. You know, I want someone that, you know, would give me the shirt off their back, you know, that would cover something, you know, a hearing or potentially could watch my kids for me if I was running late. And that's what Senia is. I watched Kristen's dogs for years. All, all I think them. everyone in the office has pretty much been a nanny slash babysitter for me at <laughs> yeah, some point. Full service. <laughs> I can add that to my resume. <laughs> all right, Senia, what is something about you that you want our Go Country 105 listeners to know? Mm-hmm. I have an open mind. We can disagree on many things, but it doesn't mean that we can't be tolerant of each other. I love that. I love that too. Yeah, that was deep. That was really good. And I, I feel the same way because people are so fixated on the fact that they don't agree that they don't, they can't tolerate. And like we can coexist. I agree. I agree. Yeah, that's very well put. Uh, so I have a question and Kristen and I have already kind of talked about our most embarrassing court moments, but I'm sure me and Kristen can come up with a few more. Um, but do you have a funny story of a court experience or an embarrassing story when you were first starting out? Well, I mean, going back to where I started, I just got thrown into everything. So I learned a lot. So where I'm at now and the, the piece of where I'm at now and I'm able to function the best is all been a work in progress over the last now almost seven years um and i think just getting thrown into things i mean having to call out your client's name in the hallway and say i'm your attorney this morning and, and <laughs> we actually talk about that on our show that there's so many sole practitioners uh that do that or firms and that is not something you will ever get from the custody queens team and i'm excited it, yeah <laughs> I, I mean, it, it is there is nothing worse i think dane holstrom has talked a lot about that when you're in the hallway standing outside the courtroom that's not open yet and you have someone going miss williams miss williams i'm your attorney and you're thinking i'm paying that person a lot of money and they're calling out my name in the hallway so I just wanted to throw that in, but you will never have that at our office. And I'm excited about that. Um, so I think it's just, it's a range of experiences that I've had. My first domestic violence trial, I mean, 
I got thrown into it that morning and I didn't know I was doing a trial and I've never done a trial before, but I won <laughs> <laughs> against an attorney who was representing a cop. There you go. There you go. Well, I have uh, all the faith in you that that you will win a lot of cases and what a win looks like is different in every case. Exactly. But we, I think we all have scars from... Uh, from Kristen's got a good one. Come yeah, on, Kristen. I, I think my first DV trial, as, as you call it, um, I was told by another attorney at my office that, you know, I wouldn't even have to go in the courtroom. I just had to wait outside oh, for the no. judge to sign off on, you know, granting it yeah. or denying it on a temporary basis. And the judge called us in and said, all right, your first witness. And here I am thinking... How, how, how do I call a witness, you know? And then I think yeah. that the other side had uh, advised the court that they had a video of my client doing something very inappropriate. And so at the end of that day, my I won. Uh, I got the temporary restraining order, but my client was kicked out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> so it was kind of a unique, um, definitely went in my car, cried told myself family law was not for me. I was the worst attorney ever, blamed the attorney that sent me there. But <laughs> 10 and a half. Well, who 11. shall remain nameless? <laughs> and he, and he likes listening to our show too. He's probably laughing. But <laughs> I have a good one from the same attorney when I first started. Yeah, we all we all got scars. Tell us about your so, scars, Sam. So uh, when I first started, I don't know, I think I had gone to court a handful of times and I was handed a file and was like, just go get a continuance. And I'm like, I don't what do you like how do you do that what do i do i'm asking a thousand questions like no worries just go up ask for a continuance tell them you're not the main attorney call today like no problem so i hike all the way down to hill street in la i show up i'm like good morning your honor i'm sam mcbride blah 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 i'd like to request a continuance and the judge just goes no and i'm like <laughs> okay <laughs> where do i go from here so i luckily had enough wherewithal to say like can i get put on second call and like ran into the yeah. hall and like looked through the file and managed to get out of the hearing alive but i mean that was a very good lesson for me and that kind of taught me like you need you can't expect the court to do what you want them to do you have to always be prepared to like tap dance around an issue or go a completely different way for how many times I've thought this trial is going forward and then it didn't just as many times I've been like this trial will not go forward and it does yeah. so you have to always be prepared for everything and imagine running through all of that in your head with your client there and you obviously don't want your client to know that all of these things are going on in your head right because you know we are ready to rock every day all day and we are human too guys so you, you got to fake it till you make it. But those scars, I call them scars because they're mistakes that you you won't hopefully ever make again. And they, you know, they left a mark that makes you a better lawyer, a better advocator, and a better human. Right. Experience dense. Experience Yeah, I got, I got a lot on my so back. Do <laughs> so do I. So do I. We know divorce can be difficult and scary when it comes to the custody of your children. I'm Kristen Holstrop. And I'm Sam McBride. And we are the Custody Queens. We are family law attorneys here in Southern California and are committed to compassionate and aggressive representation. With custom case strategies, we can achieve the best outcome for your case. So call us and tell us how the Custody Queens can help you. Call us at 1-800-419-7772. That's 1-800-419-7772. All right, Senia and Sam, let's dive into notes to our younger self. Sam, why don't you start? Um, so welcome back, baby Sam. So if I was to tell baby Sam something, I think 
probably a big thing would be like do uncomfortable things like just do them because at some point in your life unless you're going to like live in a bubble and do the things and not do the things you want to do you're gonna have to put yourself in uncomfortable positions and the quicker you learn that and the quicker you do that the farther ahead you'll get and so I think that if I could kind of go back and and just like scold myself, it's to just do it. We're all awkward. I'm still awkward. I'm not. I'm not going to be able to like wash the awkward off me. I exist in an awkward planet. But I do think that the more you can just tell yourself like, get out there, do it, the better you'll feel. The more comfortable you'll be doing it, and the more confident you'll be. And now I have a great deal of confidence that. I can go do uncomfortable things, and maybe I won't be the best at it right away. But、um, I am kind of crazy enough to make myself good at it, and I will like get to it one way or another. So I, I like that. It's okay to fail. It's okay to fail before you reach success. I think that's one of the things that I would probably tell myself: it's okay to fail.、Um, but I think I would go back to probably like preteen me and tell me that you're fine. Just be you, because you find yourselves as like a young kid, like trying to change yourself, because that's not what your friends are doing. You don't need to do what your friends are doing. Yeah, you're so critical. Like, I think、yourself. that's been one of mine on a previous show. It's and it's so true. Yeah, yeah. And you know, you change yourself for your friends, and if they're not you, you don't need them. And, and a lot、weird. of yeah, it, it's you're never going to be that other person or that other thing.、Yeah. Nor should you necessarily want to be. So I mean, I I agree with that. I get or sorry to add a little bit more, but just I think people come into your life at different stages and take what you can from the people that are there.、Um, they're there for a reason, and if they're no longer there, there's a reason for that too.、Mm-hmm. And you learn from that. Like I have friendships from kindergarten. I have friendship friendships from like. You guys now, you know, like it ranges, and each person brings value to your life. So mine is in line with both of yours, and it's really just to be nicer to to yourself. You know, you spend a lot of time in your brain, you spend a lot of time looking at yourself in the mirror, and you know, I. I was in a family that was very. My parents were very present. They were very active, but the expectations were also high. And I have achieved a level of great success, and so I'm very appreciative for the way that I was raised. And I raise my children very similar. But at some point, I wish I wasn't so hard on myself at times. Because I think my personality type is is it wants perfection. You want to win all the、yeah. time, and sometimes that takes a toll on your mental health. Yeah,、so. and there's a lot of things out of your control when you're when you're younger. Like they're just it. I mean, for example, I have a size 11 shoe. If anyone is wondering,、um, and that was a really big struggle when you're 13 and you're like walking around with canoes. But then you start realizing, like, no one else is a woman size eleven, so there's always shoes available to buy. Like, there's <laughs> it takes a while to get there, but it's okay. And I think the preteen age is just the absolute worst. It's like you're coming into your own, you're learning, you know, about friendships, and it's just a really awkward age. I、yeah. would love to skip the whole like thirteen to sixteen just, kind it's of. It's just pimply and yeah, and, and life has to teach you these things. Right, there's, there's no way to skip it. You know, it kind of goes in line with the scars we're talking about. But we're—you are your biggest fan, so you should treat yourself 
as good as possible. That's well put. So maybe your marriage didn't go as planned, or maybe you didn't pick the best partner to have a child with. Or could it just be baby mama drama? Well, no matter what the situation is, we can help. We are the Custody Queens, and you can call us at 1-800-419-7772. That's 1-800-419-7772. All right, now I just want to mention one thing to all of our listeners because, you know, having an attorney that is bilingual is so incredibly powerful. Uh, we have a lot of clients that are Hispanic and that, you know, need a Spanish speaking attorney. So, Senia is that person, and we are so happy to add her to our team because it allows us to reach and help more people uh, in our community. So, if you are going through a family law case, you have a friend, a neighbor, a soccer mom, please let them know. You can check out our website at custodyqueens.com. You can watch this video because we are funnier in person on custodyqueensair.com. And uh, it was a pleasure spending this Saturday morning with all of our Go Country listeners. It absolutely was. Thank you for coming to our show. I'm sure we'll have you on again. If anyone wants to get in contact with us, please give us a call at 1-800-419-7772. That's 1-800-419-7772. And stay tuned for a bunch of fall and holiday giveaways. They are coming soon, so make sure you are following Sam and I and Custody Queens. And Senia's profile is on our custodyqueens.com website. And every Tuesday, we share a tip with all of you on social media. And it not only helps us but it helps you so thank you for spending this saturday morning with us and getting to know our new attorney thanks for having me and remember let, let love rule deja que el amor mande <laughs> thought it was love had kids in between you can count on us we're the custody queens yeah you can count on us with the custody the opinions expressed on the Custody Queen Show are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for personal, professional, legal advice. The persons discussed are fictional and not based on actual clients.